0: Welcome to the Fig Tree Watchers Podcast. We're own Stefan. Our mission is to equip, encourage, and exhort individuals through apologetics, fellow prophecy, and discipleship while emphasizing the gospel message. We pray that you're blessed by today's episode.
1: Welcome to Fig Tree Watchers current event podcast for August 31st, 2023, as we discuss the news events of the month and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Welcome, I.O. How are you today? I'm doing well.
0: I'm looking forward to recording this episode.
1: That's awesome. Well, we have another exciting current event podcast as scheduled, and we're ready to go. Uh, For those of you who have been following us here on Fig Tree Watchers on our podcast and on the live streams on Instagram, we want to welcome you all to this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. You can check out the notes of this podcast here on our website at www.figtreewatchers.com. But before we begin, Aya, would you please lead us in prayer? Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity we have, as usual, to uh, come before you to speak on these current events in light of your word, in light of what your word says concerning the last days. I pray that you guide Brother Stefan and I as we strive to be diligent. And uh properly understand your word and properly communicate it to the hearers uh of this podcast, Lord. Uh, I just pray that it's something that encourages those who listen today and ultimately that we point to Christ. We focus on Christ. Uh, that for us believers, we focus on the uh, soon return of the Lord, the encouragement we can have in dwelling on that truth. And then for the non-believers who may be listening to this, people who aren't Christians, who haven't believed in the, in the Lord and in, and believed in his sacrifice for the salvation of their sins. Um, I just pray that as they listen to this podcast, they see the truth of your word uh, as, as the the truth of it, the reality of it is being reflected on our modern day and society, in the news, and that they come to understand that your word is real. What your word says about the last days is real. Therefore, what your word says about sin and the fall of humanity, uh, the eventual judgment that we'll face apart from Christ, uh, but that what's also true is that you are a God who loves us, who sent your son to die in our place and that they can receive the forgiveness of their sins. They put their trust in him. So I just pray that all of that is communicated to the Lord, that you simply use us as your mouthpiece, and that we stay diligent and true to your word. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. I, I trust you've been having a great week, Io. How's everything going for you?
0: Yeah, this week was better. It was a lighter week. Work was a bit difficult at times. because You know, sometimes things don't uh, work as smoothly. Um, things take longer to get done. Um, so that was just been my experience this week. but. Still thankful for jobs, still thankful for uh, the coworkers I have. Um, And I've had more time to focus on Victory Watchers this week as well, working on the script for this episode, uh, End Times Chronology, which will be, Lord willing, recording next week. So yeah, overall productive week. Um, Yesterday went to an Indian wedding. One of my friends um, from college, he invited me to his wedding. um, And I went with uh, my girlfriend, Jenna, as well. So that was an interesting experience. Um, So spending time with her and her family and things like that.
1: That's awesome. I mean, I, I think for anyone who didn't know, you were officially off the market. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's we just correct. Announced that publicly. You have a girlfriend. And I'm pretty so, sure
0: I've mentioned her name in a previous episode or
1: something. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, uh, I, I just want to get this episode started with a little mm. bit of scripture here. Um, you and I are memorizing a verse together. Correct. Uh, and we've, we're doing this for accountability reasons because, um, we get so frustrated with what's going on in the world at times that our focus tends to veer away from God and on, on the tr- tragedy and crisis that is surrounding us. Mm-hmm. And that could cause some Christians, especially me, I'm going to, I'm going to take ownership of this to get angry, frustrated, mm-hmm. um, kind of question what's going on. Like what, what is, what is this? But that's not what scripture says in the verse that you and I are memorizing together right now. And you started with this, this first section, is Colossians 3, 1 through 7. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great thing to consider as we get on the current events. The current events are, are nice and they point us towards Bible prophecy, but we're supposed to be always focused on the reason for Bible prophecy. Yep. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, setting your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves Once walked when you lived among them. Now, I think this is important because later on down the road, it actually says for us to put off anger, wrath, malice, Mm -hmm. blasphemy, filthy language, all all these things out of our mouths, out of our lives. And we're to put on the new man. What's the new man? And I just want to read this quickly off. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another that is so hard for me really hard um especially when people on your apologetics group spew out the stupidest thing that you can imagine and claim that this is what god intended right um and you just want to you know strangle their neck and go how can you claim to be a christian but that's not what god wants you to do what god wants yeah we're supposed to bear with one another forgive one another and if any adds a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Mm-hmm. That's so hard as a Christian, right? Um, just especially with living in California, with the way the government is treating Christians. I get chest pains and tightness in the chest, especially when it comes to my children. But that's how we're supposed to live. Where We're supposed to live with our eyes set on heaven. And I, I just wanted to start this current event out on this because we're about to go down some scary stuff. Keep your mind set on things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That's where we're supposed to have our mindset. Wouldn't you agree, Io?
0: Oh, I completely agree. And I just love that you start out this way because we actually didn't even plan that. So I just love that you you literally start with scripture. Um, And as usual, our focus should always be on Scripture. Should always be centered on Christ. If you guys take anything away from this tonight, it shouldn't be, you know, what we're going to be talking about—the technology, Middle East, Third Temple. You know, we're going to be touching on those things. That's not the most important takeaway. The most important takeaway is Jesus. Again, you know, for the believer, it's encouragement that these things point us to the fact that He's coming soon. And then for the non-believer, it points us to the fact that what God's Word says about the last days is true. Therefore, should we believe everything else in Scripture? the, the salvation we have in Christ being chief of those things. So we want you to focus on Christ. And, uh, and that passage that you shared there is just a great reminder and what that looks like in the life of a believer.
1: Amen. Well, our first article is actually one I'm going to bring up. It's mm-hmm. uh, Google announces worldwide ban on independent media. Uh, this came out actually on August 13th and was covered by a whole bunch of people all over Instagram, social media, Uh, The snippet here, real simple, Google has partnered with the UN WHO, which is not the band WHO, it's actually the World Health Organization. Um, We all wish it was the band, because quite (laughs) frankly, they were pretty awesome compared to the World Health Organization. And other globalist organizations, um, like the WEF. Yep. And we're not talking about some wrestling ring company here. We're talking about the World Economic Forum. Man, I mean, it's just like these acronyms are scary, right? Uh, And they're going to use a censorship tool, according to Latoya Drake, uh, who is the head of Google News Lab. So this isn't someone conspiracy theory coming out and saying this. This is actually Latoya Drake from Google. Yeah. She's saying this.
0: Straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Pretty scary. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, it's just, it's just unfortunate, especially as us content creators who strive to glorify God through pumping stuff like this podcast out, right? We strive to use means of communication, strive to share uh, news headlines and things like that. And I know for years and years, we've been seeing an increase in censorship, especially after COVID, you know, the talk of misinformation, disinformation, Um, the the governments of the world using this excuse of, oh, we want to, you know, we want to make sure people aren't hurt through disinformation and misinformation. So therefore, we'll censor news that obviously goes against their narrative. Um, so it's just unfortunate to see that we may in the future see more of our stuff being censored. And that means obviously less people being reached. Um, and then obviously that obviously goes all into their plan of, of, of one world government and things like this. Because if they can censor people, hide the truth, then they can further their agendas um, which we've all been seeing. So that's unfortunate. But again, our hope is in Christ. We're not worried. The gospel's still gonna get out. God is gonna make a way. Um, so our job is to just continue what we're doing. Um, yeah.
1: Amen. Amen. You know, um there's a lot going on and we have a lot of stuff to cover. So I oh the next thing that you we wanted to cover was the MasterCard, um, crypto. Politin, uh, <laughs> as we are calling it yeah uh, why don't you get into it and uh tell us a little bit about what mastercard wants to do
0: yes yeah, so like you said this article is from the source cryptopolitan uh, interesting name. uh that line is mastercard launches cbdc partner program in partnership with leading blockchain firms to foster the implementation of digital currencies august 7th so that article was from august 17th my birthday actually um that's still there a few uh weeks ago um so this article really caught my attention. One, obviously, because MasterCard is is trying to, you know, strive to further this CBDC agenda. And for those of you guys who don't know, CBDC stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. I've written articles on my website, I think two already, um, where they actually have this initiative they've been working on a few years back. I haven't been updated yet on what the progress of that is. But one of their goals has been to create a UBI. Um, Well, not UBI. Sorry, that's Universal Basic Income. They've been wanting to create a universal ID system of some kind. Um, So it's interesting that they're also looking to CBDC. But just to get into this quick, uh, the headline says, MasterCard has taken a significant step in the digital currency industry by launching its CBDC Partner Program. The program aims to foster collaboration with key blockchain and payment service industry players to drive innovation and efficiencies in implementing central bank digital currencies. The launch of MasterCard's CBDC Partner Program marks a significant milestone in the ongoing evolution of digital currencies. So this is how important this is. Uh, it adds to, again, the ongoing evolution of digital currencies. By convening leading technology and payment service providers, MasterCard is positioning itself at the forefront of the digital currency landscape, contributing to safe and seamless integration of CBDCs into the global financial system. So for me, in my opinion, it's a pretty big deal when one of the huge players in credit cards, right? They're mainly known for credit cards is now saying that, Hey, we want to partner with these other institutions to further central bank digital currency, to further the adoption and use and, and maybe even research of central bank digital currency. So that's a big move because that means that maybe in the future, they're planning to utilize or allow, you know, their platform. To uh, utilize central bank digital currency, or allow the flow of central bank digital currency through their technology, um, so that's a pretty big deal because that means that in society it's going to become more common to utilize this in the future
1: i o you brought up a word here that um we actually got a question on it by one of our listeners. What do you mean by key blockchain? What does that mean?
0: Yeah, so for those who don't aren't familiar with digital currency um there's cryptocurrency, so a lot of people know. Bitcoin for example or you know Dogecoin things like that so cryptocurrency is decentralized so no government no power no single entity has control over it um, there's no oversight on it nobody knows who's transacting on it so basically if you use those currencies uh, it's anonymous and that system that kind of technology that that powers block that powers Bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies it's known as the blockchain just like a system um, I'm not too learned concerning the technology so all i can say is just dumb it down for everybody even for myself it's just kind of the system that these cryptocurrencies operate on and then for cbdc's um, it's using that same kind of system but what makes cbdc's different from cryptocurrencies is that they're centralized so kind of like our dollar bills or whatever country you your currency it's centralized it's from the central bank they control it they can print it out whatever so these currencies likewise will be controlled they'll be monitored. they'll be able to see your transactions uh, so that's kind of what what that means if that makes sense
1: oh that's awesome explanation but we always want to make sure that our viewers understand everything so great yeah. questions that we receive we always write these down we want to make sure that um, they're they're brought out when we can hey the the next big thing since we're talking about you know going to digital currency is the food crisis look mm-hmm. we've been talking about this food crisis for quite a bit of time, right? Uh, the shortages in bread, the shortages in eggs. And and this all started really with the Obama administration when they uh, went to flex fuel and they created the demand on corn and potato products went so up because of flex fuel that the average person couldn't afford corn on a cob. It went from 10 cents a cob at the beginning of the Obama administration to, to now it's almost... Two to three dollars a cob in some places in California, potatoes also went up, and that was because of flex because they used these products in, in sugarcane as well so that started it, but then it went to other items. We started seeing milk shortages uh, a gallon of milk reaches as high as uh, you know five dollars a gallon in California and in New York, I understand it can reach six. So we're seeing the shortages, we're seeing the food go up, but now something has come up and the great reset, a report reveals the Global Climate Organization's goal to ban meat, dairy and private vehicles in 14 US cities by 2030. I want you to think about that, private vehicles. They wanna take away your private vehicle away from you. this is according to the Gateway Pundit, August 22nd, 2023. Now, here's a scripture I want you to think about uh, with this. Why do they want to ban meat and dairy, right? It's part of the antichrist system. It's part of the great deception is coming. There's a beautiful verse that we have in scripture, and it's from 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. And it says this. Now, the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. So we know there's going to be a falling away, giving heed to deceiving spirits, And doctrines of demons, uh, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, uh, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So a believer is someone who, who is thankful for what God has done. He believes in what God has done and knows the truth about what God has done. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So when you pray over your food, the reason we pray over our food as Christians is because it's sanctified by God himself because we're praying over it. This is one of the reasons why we bless, ask God to bless our food okay because scripture tells us to this isn't just some religious tradition we do we do it out of obedience to god because he literally sanctifies it by his word his living word um and i think that's important in our prayer um which goes to uh show you how wonderful god is so god is telling us hey certain meats, foods uh you know chicken, the beef, uh, dairy, it's they want to ban it. and this is part of that deception. It's coming. We're literally watching prophecy getting ready to be fulfilled in our lifetime. Well, what do you I mean it's exciting, scary, but what are your thoughts, Ayo?
0: Yeah, that is really interesting piece of news because uh, beforehand before you start recording, I also mentioned that I know uh, maybe last year, a year and a half ago, um, watching Dr. Tom Hughes, or Pastor Tom Hughes, rather, he brought up this exact same point that you're bringing up. And I think kind of more pastors in the Bible prophecy space who teach and speak about Bible prophecy current events, um, they're starting to see this as well, because we are seeing in this, mainly we're, we're seeing this in the climate change movement, right? The ban of meats, the ban of certain foods, and pushing us to eat like bugs and things like that. And they go to this verse in 1 Timothy 4 saying, that, hey, this verse is talking about the last days, the end times, uh, when people will be, you know, looking into doctrine, demons, things like that. And it talks about commanding to abstain from foods and also marriage. And he also talks about that piece as well. So it's very interesting that that's what scripture says in relation to the last days. And for years, it's kind of been just this weird little uh, addition. But now I feel like as time goes on, it's starting to make more sense that, is this really what that piece of scripture is saying? Um, Is this what we're actually supposed to be expecting concerning the last days? Um, so that's very interesting, and and we can kind of go down more into, and we're not going to use that time here. Into why the World Economic Forum and others, uh, other you know global bodies and things like, like the UN actually want to, um, av- command for people to stop eating meat. Um, but that's another issue. But yeah, it is really interesting.
1: You know, what's interesting to me is that what it says in there, that line, created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth, mm. right. That's a sign that you're a believer. Number one is Thanksgiving in your heart, but number two that you know the truth of, that this stuff is wrong that's coming. Uh, whenever I begin to question right uh, my life and and stuff like that, and you know, I realize it's the Holy Spirit who's guiding me to all truth. Mm-hmm. And because I'm not being deceived, the Holy Spirit is there. Someone asked me this in a in a chat the other day. They said. I just don't feel the Holy Spirit. And I said, are you following the Holy Spirit? Are you obeying the Holy Spirit? Are you, are you in your prayer? Are you reading your Bible? Uh, are you memorizing scripture? And they're like, well, no. And I go, well, that's why. You get back in that. Don't let Satan deceive you. It's a relationship. How can you expect your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse to, to love you if you're not talking to them? You're making them sleep on the couch, right? That's not a relationship. Well, you're making God sleep on the couch in terms – by not reading your Bible, by not talking to him, by not praying to him. And um, you need to get involved in your relationship with the Lord. Uh, you're already saved. I'm talking about the mm. works of sanctification here. Yeah. So, hey, I, uh, we have big news about Israel uh, that's coming out of uh, uh, really the Middle East. I mean, what's the big news?
0: Yeah, so this is from the world – this World Israel News. This is the source. Uh, the headline is, Riyadh seeks to reboot Temple Mount status quo with peace deal. So essentially what this article is saying is that we've, for years we've been talking about the Abraham Accords. And more specifically, the focus is on is Saudi Arabia going to hop on the Abraham Accords soon? Uh, for the past several weeks recently, we've also been covering how we're seeing steps towards that. And this article goes into that as well. But the main focus of this article is the peace uh, of what may be, uh, if if Saudi Arabia hops on the records, Accords, like what they may ask for. And part of that is that they may ask for or command basically uh, that Jordan, who currently oversees things on the Temple Mount, who's currently the custodian of the Temple Mount, um, that they stop being the custodian and that Saudi Arabia steps into that role. Um, now, why that might be significant is that we're seeing a continued uh, positive growth of the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Israel So it could very well play into the benefit of Israel. Um, We know that the Temple Mount, we haven't talked about the Temple Mount. We'll have another news article here to talk about it. The Temple Mount often for the religious Jews. And even now, the secular Jews, they're kind of linking that with the third temple. So some are asking that, man, if, if this goes through this deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia, the normalized ties, and in fact, if Jordan stops being the custodian of the Temple Mount and Saudi Arabia takes their place, Could that allow for Israel to then build their temple or have more influence on there? So that'll be very interesting. Um, So I'll just read some of this, uh, some of the article here and we'll move on. The Wall Street Journal reported that U.S. society officials have agreed on the general outlines of an agreement for Riyadh to normalize ties or relations with Israel. The White House then downplayed the idea that Riyadh had agreed to the broad contours of a normalization deal. It's not surprising because oftentimes they don't want to be specific. Um, although Israel, Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohen on Sunday quickly shot down the idea, and this article, by the way, for context was from August 15th, quickly shot down the idea of a Saudi consulate for the Palestinians in Eastern Jerusalem. Saudi and Palestinian officials said the Saudi move is an indication of the possibility of an agreement to normalize relations. So they're kind of saying that based on what's going on with the Palestinians and what Saudi Arabia is saying there, uh, we may be moving closer to a deal. Um, but they said for several years, Saudi Arabia has been signaling to Jordan – that it intends to replace Amman, that's in Jordan, as custodian of Jerusalem's Temple Mount. So again, that's just the current the, the current uh, update for that, and we've already talked about why that's significant, just because it may factor into the building of the third temple.
1: Yeah, that that is huge, and uh, by the way, that that has some really interesting ramifications concerning uh, uh, Jeremiah forty four and and so forth. So. Um, And Isaiah 44, uh, I believe. Um, Very interesting. And uh, I think those are things that need to be looked at. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, with all this discussion about the Temple Mount, there is an interesting girl, an autistic girl, that is actually been doing some incredible work concerning energizing the people of Israel for the rebuilding of the Temple. Now, I, I love this story because, obviously, I have an autistic child. Um, I have two special needs kids, but one's autistic. And uh, I I kind of, I'm I'm digging this big time Mm. and have a lot of compassion. Yet, as a Christian, there's also some concerns here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this article?
0: Yeah, so this article is a really interesting one. Just like Brother Stefan says, Ties in the Third Temple. Israel 365 News, girl creates daily schedule calendar for a third temple. is from August 15th. And on the face of it, it's kind of like, oh, this little cute thing, you know, this girl's creating, you know, a calendar for a third temple. And again, for Christians, we understand the significance of that. The third temple is where the abomination of desolation is going to happen. Uh, Matthew 24, 15 talks about that. Daniel 9, 27 talks about that. Revelation 11, we see John being commanded to, to measure the temple and its court. So we see that the temple is going to, you know, stand in in the tribulation sometime. Um, So that's coming. That's nobody can really debate that. Um, So now, though, we're seeing I think this is why this article is so important. We're seeing the continued cry, uh, the continued desire for the Jewish people all the way from the politicians. We've talked about and shown articles from politicians who stand on the Temple Mount and say they want to build a third temple from the politicians now all the way to just the civilian, a citizen, a girl uh, who's now creating this schedule. Uh, calendar for the third temple and its sacrifices, which is very interesting. I just want to read Daniel 927 quick um to just start us off in this. So Daniel 927 says, Then he shall, he, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant of many for one week. So that's the seven years of the tribulation. But in the, in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offerings. So that's the abomination and desolation. And on the week of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So it's the middle of this week that abomination and desolation happens in the temple. Sacrifices happen already because he breaks those sacrifices. So I'm going to try to read this. Uh, There's a lot here, so uh, I may skip some or not, but we'll just read this to get the general idea of what this girl is saying, her goal, her vision, and what she's encouraging other Israelis to kind of pray for and hope for. So it says, while many people are praying for the arrival of the third temple, one special young girl took on a daunting project. That is a huge practical step in jumpstarting the temple service. So we just read down 927. We know there's going to be a temple service. Sacrifices that will be cut. That's the Domination of Desolation. But for that to happen, they have to be started. So harhabait.org is a Hebrew language site that posts updates on the daily events at Judaism's holiest site. Normally, the articles focus on prominent visitors to the site, calls for prayer, milestones, and number of visitors, and similar topics. One recent article stood out. Miriam, a young autistic girl, took a step towards realizing her dream of seeing the temple restored by creating a calendar detailing the schedule, daily schedule, of the temple service. Now, this is kind of her words, her quotes from this letter she wrote. She says, my name is Miriam, the article read. I am an autistic girl, not independent in many things, but I understand everything and communicate by typing. There are many things I can't do. Use a computer mouse, use a pencil, draw. I'm independent in terms of the ability to walk and run. I can do many things with only partial help. And she continues, she says, I dream of many things I would like to do, but I can only make my dreams come true if someone helps me. One of my dreams, which is everyone's dream, is to build the temple. So again, this speaks to not only her desire, but the desire of the religious Jews, the desire of some politicians, and then general people living in Israel. It is a dream that we can only fulfill if there is love between us, only then When we all help each other, and when there is peace between us all, will we be able to fulfill this dream? Miriam's dream is to see the third Jewish temple in Jerusalem rebuilt. Many years have passed in the destruction of the second temple, she wrote. The temple remains only in our prayers. We were in exile for a long time, but now we are back in the land of Israel, in our country that we all love so much, and that we are happy and proud of. Now, it is not enough to pray for the temple building. You have to start building it. It's like, wow. This girl has a lot of spunk. Yeah, I, I thought for a long time about what I could do that would be significant, something that would help everyone think and prepare for the temple. I decided to make a temple calendar. I wrote down a calendar the hours of the Tamid daily sacrifice. Again, the sacrifice—it's not just about the temple; it's about the sacrifice. Daily temple uh, sacrifice for every day, and the Tamid evening sacrifice. I also wrote when there is additional Musaf sacrifice. I want you to look at the calendar every day and remember what we are missing right now. Every day, she wrote, I have written everything in the present tense so that we can feel what it is like when the temple is built and feel very much what we lack. Like. In this way, we will get used to thinking about the temple all year round and praying with much intention for its building. Let's pray together that God will bring us redemption soon and that priests will offer these sacrifices in the temple. Each month, I briefly describe about one aspect of the temple service and write my own message for life. So that you can learn a little about the temple. So again, guys, sorry for the, the very long article, but I felt it was just really important to read through it. Because again, it doesn't just show this little girl's desire, but the desire of many Jews now. And this is growing. There's a growing outcry outcry of this. Uh, and this is why the, the Temple Mount is becoming more and more significant. And she's saying that, hey, it's, we can't just be praying about this anymore. We have to start building this. And she's helping To create this calendar so that we can think about it on a daily basis, year round, until we build this calendar and offer the sacrifices. So when I read that, I was just like, wow, we're we're getting close. You know, I'm not saying the the rapture is tomorrow, but man, if the third temple has to stand midway through the tribulation, and we're already seeing such strong and growing desires among the Jewish people from politicians to this little girl sharing this out to other Jews, we're getting close.
1: Yeah. You know what? Uh, this got brought up the other day in an eschatology uh, group that I belong to on Facebook. Uh, and he asked, look, why is the temple such a big issue? And this was a preterist um, that was asking us. He goes, "He goes, so what? He goes, so what? And I said, "Here's here's the problem, right? The Jews believe that the abomination of desolation took place in 70 A.D., just like you do, preterists do. So to them, they, they're they like, yeah, it's done. Let's build the temple. They don't understand the dangers that it's going to bring with the Antichrist because when they talk to Christians like you, you're telling them, don't worry. It happened in 70 A.D. Jesus came, right? And so the problem with preterism, partial, full, and even amillennialism, is it ignores the warning sign of the Antichrist and the coming abomination of desolation because it says it already happened. And to the Jew, they think it already happened. They think that, oh, 70 AD, abomination of desolation. You know what? This is about building it now for the coming Messiah. And they don't realize that this is a trap. And as I mentioned, look, I love the enthusiasm of this girl. I love her passion. I love her desire. I, I even love how she says, let's pray together that God will bring us redemption soon. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. She's missed the mark. Redemption has already happened. Yeah. It came with Jesus when he died on the cross. The new covenant began with the blood shed and the death of Jesus Christ. That's when it happened. That's why the thief on the cross went to heaven. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to jump off the cross, and as Catholics say, and he Get baptized. Why? Because baptism isn't necessary for salvation because the thief on the cross died after Jesus when the new covenant happened. Right. It happened with the blood and death of Christ. And so they don't get this. And uh, it, it saddens me. So this is one of the reasons why Io and I, we take the time to talk about these things. So that you'll understand, oh, I get it, amelianism, preterism, it's actually hurting the message of the gospel going out, especially to the Jewish people, because they're in agreement. Yeah, it happened in 70 AD, and that's the deception. That's why we are constantly telling you, don't be deceived by this. So, I do you think that the sharing of the gospel with the Jewish people is actually hurt by amelianism, preterism? Uh, in the way that it just dismisses uh, what's coming next in the future abomination of desolation? I guess it depends on how
0: people do it um, because, for example, I mean, the regardless of one's lean on eschatology, the gospel can still be shared. But in terms of what you're saying, that if certain Jews believe that the abomination of desolation is ready to happen in the past because not all Jews actually are religious, some are secular, so they don't even believe what Scripture says in general – but for those who do believe in scripture, who do believe that the event has happened in the past, um, if somebody, an anomalous, preterist, whatever, comes to them and says that, hey, this happened in the past, could it dissuade them from believing in the the literal fulfillment of Bible prophecy and therefore maybe impede how they see the New Testament, how they see Jesus, how they see the gospel? Yeah, I think that's possible, um, but I don't necessarily think that being prior millennial would prevent them from sharing just the gospel, right? That's not really attached to eschatology in general. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. And I think I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it totally does. And, mm. and once again, it it's just kind of one of those things where it seems like that view lines up with the Jewish view of eschatology, which the the major dysfunction of it is that they're looking for the wrong messiah. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the problem that I think it holds with the all-millennials preterist view, mm-hmm. both partial and full. Yeah. Hey, um, for the next story, uh, we're going to go to Taco Bell a little bit. And it's interesting that you're bringing Taco Bell up because when I saw this article, all I could think about was the Sylvester Stallone movie where Taco Bell was the only restaurant left in the world, right? Oh, no. The, right? It was like the dream of the World Economic Forum, right? And uh, I thought about this uh, this movie. I think it was something with uh, Sylvester Stallone, and I can't remember who the other guy was in it. But um, I, I was thinking about this totally as I saw this article because there was one chain. I was like, the World Economic Forum dream. One chain of restaurants. Yeah, you're not going to have a choice, and you're going to like it, okay? Because via the Gestapo, right? All right. So what is this article? Because I'm kind of misleading people here a little bit, but it, it, I want them to have this in the background of their yeah, mind, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. But yeah, getting to the article, this is from Fox 8. The headline is, Taco Bell, other food chains can move to digital-only sales. This is from August 21st. So the article says, is it time to put the cash away? Taco Bell and other popular fast food chains might become digital-only in the near future. During an earnings call earlier this month, parent company Yum Brands, Inc., Address plans to eventually move to 100% digital sales at its restaurants. This includes fast food chains like Taco Bell, Pizza, and KFC. And for those who've been, I mean, I've just, you know, earlier we talked about CBDC. Um, this all ties in. Uh, ultimately, we believe that things like this is laying the groundwork for what the Bible says is coming. Revelation 13: 16. The Mark of the Beast system. We'll be getting to other stuff from Bill Gates after this, um, but this is following a trend. What we've been seeing, right? Places like Whole Foods adopting the Amazon palm scanners um, and just other biometric digital technology for transacting in the marketplace, for transaction in stores. So now we're trying to move from a cashless system or in some cases, ID, you know, we're going to talk about digital ID as well, moving from paper to just completely on ID. Um, and it's, it's going to move society more and more into what they're saying is their goal, 100% Cashless, right? 100% digital system. Um, so, you know, this news, as you guys are listening to us talk about this, you might be like, well, who cares if Taco Bell or McDonald's or Pizza or whatever goes completely cashless? Well, what this will do is those people that go to fast food restaurants, they're going to stop using cash and go more and more into digital platform, right? It's going to basically move society using, and this is just one element of it, right? We have media, we have, you know, movie stars can popularize the system. Um And other aspects of society can popularize this. But fast food, food is something all of us do. We all eat. So if you get society to start utilizing and becoming more and more familiar with and comfortable with utilizing 100% digital, no cash, you're going to start moving society more and more into this cash system, which we believe will factor in into uh, the mark of the beast system. Not that this is the mark of the beast, but that it can be starting to move us towards that system. And again, be getting more into that and how that can be implemented uh, with this next article here.
1: So I want to bring this up real quickly. Why mm-hmm. this is such an evil thing? Look, we quoted the verse at the beginning that says, the wrath of God is coming uh, upon the sons of disobedience. Well, one of the things that is the sons of disobedience does, right? They don't love their neighbor. And homelessness is huge in California. I'm sure it's big where you are in in Minnesota. But if we're already seeing videos of people who are homeless Who are walking into these Amazon markets and going, Mm -hmm. look, I just got money. I'm willing to do what's right. I'm here. I'm going to drop it on the thing, but I need something to drink. And there's not another store around me. Right. And they're wanting to prosecute these people because they left money. Right. The homeless get this money from people who are kind hearted and give it to them. Right. Because that's what the gospel tells us to do. So one of the things is this is going to affect the homeless, but don't be fooled. Please do not be deceived by this alone. In the future, it's going to be the Christian because you're not going to be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. So this is what he's really bringing in. And tell me if I'm wrong, but this is exactly what you're talking about, right? Eventually, it's going to affect anyone who does not want to be part of the B system, this World Economic Forum, which is turning out to look like the B system. But it's it's you if you don't want to belong to it tough luck you got to take the mark or you can't buy yourself you're not going to be able to walk into an amazon store or starbucks or anything or even a taco bell god forbid and buy a really badly done quesadilla by bob behind the counter who you know hasn't brushed his teeth in 3 weeks
0: yeah yeah the yeah, the Taco Bell thing, and one thing I wanted to say that I almost forgot was that I hate Taco Bell. First of all, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you don't even see me walk into Taco,
1: Taco Bell. Go Del Taco, go Del
0: Taco. No, I'm just but but this really does factor into it. Again, we're gonna jump right into the next article because this is just gonna, you know, is factors into it because this our next article is by Slay, and we'll we'll talk about another article after this from the Defender that speaks to this. Uh, but the headline is Bill Gates: Every person on Earth should prove their identity with digital ID. Uh, so this article says Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates is calling on nations around the world to adopt his global solution for digital ID to ensure that every single person on earth proves their identity. In a post on Twitter, what's now called X, Gates lamented that there are 850 million people still left in the world who lack ID that proves their identity. According to Gates, the modular open source identification platform platform called MOSIP is a quote, global solution for rolling out digital IDs for the entire human race. The Gates Foundation's aims to focus on propelling a universal digital identification framework. And I earlier talked about how MasterCard in the past also had this same vision. However, MOSIP has come under scrutiny by privacy advocates. No wonder, right? That's not a surprise. The system, now listen to this. Based on what we just talked about concerning Revelation 13, 16, 17, concerning this future Mark of the Beast system. And I'll I'll read it quick just so that we understand. We have this framework here as we're reading what this article says. Revelation says... Revelation 13, 16, 17, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or his name. So let me continue. This system raises serious questions regarding the broader implications of such a global digital identification system. But as history has shown, with such advancements often come potential pitfalls, particularly regarding personal privacy. Many are also raising the alarm about how a global digital ID system would exclude people from society if they refuse to comply with the with the technology or block from using it. And I believe that was literally what I just read from early 1316. Again, not saying that this thing that Bill Gates trying to do or the Amazon Palm Scammer is, but the idea is there, guys. They're having this idea. They're they've stated clearly, and we've talked about it many times. They want to get away from our cash system, move to a cash system, and if you implement digital ID with it, inevitably, this is where we're headed, where they will have the control to block people out of the system via requirement. And the tribulation of the crime will be the mark of the beast. That will continue here, and I'll end it quick. While the Philippines led in its adoption, 11 countries predominantly from Africa have followed suit. So this is already starting. This isn't some future thing way off 2050. It's already happening. Countries are already adopting this. Over 90 million digital IDs have already been distributed across the Philippines, Ethiopia, and Morocco. Though DPI promises to streamline transactions for individuals and governments, its adoption without robust privacy safeguards can lead to potential misuse, surveillance, and unwanted data access. If digital ID becomes a requirement for travel, online access, managing personal finances, or even buying food, the system also raises concerns about People could easily be locked out of society for failing to comply with the government's rules. So yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> Bill Gates, he man, he is like like an antichrist. I'm not saying he he, he, he is. Anti-Christ. No,
0: I mean the Bible says many antichrists have come. Right, so right. People that deny God are they're coming the in the antichrist of the spirit.
1: antichrist. Bill Gates, hard at work for and you. Then,
0: and then with that, people like Bill Gates, World Economic Forum, who they're promoting the the globalists, you know, one world government, all that stuff. So it is very in the in the spirit of the Antichrist here. Um, but but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know you, you see it the same you way, know, but I, I,
1: you, look, I and I agree with you. I'm not a Taco Bell guy either. You to <laughs> say that, and and by the way, I should have given a shout out. I'm gonna get crucified here in Riverside because I didn't give a shout out to uh, Bakers, uh, because they are like the premier. Fast Mm -hmm. food out here in in the Inland Empire. But I do want to say this and being realistically here, right? This is a a big deal. Uh, And it is going to be about food. Mm -hmm. And we know that. I mean, one of the seals that's opened up, it's talking about food, right? Uh, There's going to be a food crisis, not just a shortage of food, but there's going to be people starving around the world. Because of this,
0: yeah,
1: and one of the other seals talks about a death that takes place. Uh, the almost a third of the world, right? One third, or it's a twenty-five. A third, third, right? Because of, and it's going to be because of starvation. Some of it, some of it's going to be because of war. But this is going to be part of the problem, right? And um, it's interesting to me because so often uh, there's a a baker's right by my work, and I'll go in there and. There'll be someone there, right, and it's right next to California Baptist College, and there'll be someone there, and uh, you can tell they're down on their luck. And I'll always pull out a couple bucks and go, here, can I buy you something? Can I buy you something to eat? And they're like, yeah, please. Thank you so much. I go, do you, you know, during the summertime, it's like, do you want something to drink? Oh, just get water. Just water. I'll, I'll take food. You know, mm-hmm. And I'm like, no problem. Uh, and it, I get a chance to share the gospel with them. Yeah. This is what we do as Christians, but this is what the system is going to do. It's going to starve them. It's not going to care. Why? Because Satan is about hate. Hate. This is a hateful system. It is not bent on compassion. It's not bent on loving God, loving others, treating your neighbor better than yourself. Uh, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. To me, it seems like I'm in a nightmare at times. When I see things in this article like this, and I'm just blown away by it, and I don't understand why people aren't angry about it. Well, I
0: think for one reason they don't understand and aren't angry about it because they don't see it based on Bible prophecy, right? That's why we're doing these things. That's why we're right. as we're seeing this. It's like it's almost as if you know, as we're because I'm quoting this article, reading the commentary about the system that oh, people can be locked out. It's almost as if these people are are, are quoting scripture almost, right? They're they're basically right. the the idea is there essentially. Um, So if you don't understand scripture, if you don't understand last days, what's coming, all these technologies to, you know, uh, microchip implants and, and digital tattoos and, and hand scanners and people trying to create a one world government. No, no, none of that means anything to you. It's all like, OK, let's sure. What's bad about creating one world? What's bad about us coming together in the name of whatever? And Bill Gates, as you're reading this article, it sounds good. He's like, oh, 850 million people. They're unbanked. They can't access the things we can't access. So we have to create this system. To make sure that they're into it so he'll talk to people like you both times like hey that that poor guy you're giving money to he doesn't he doesn't have a bank so let's create the system so he can be part of it so he can have money so he can be fed but i don't tell you that if they create that system you're going to be surveilled then the government can start putting down restrictions that hey if you don't get your next shot or vaccine or whatever then you can't have the money to then buy the food you can be locked out of the system um so that's why they don't tell you they just try to quote it in compassion and people are like oh but but the homeless person we need to feed them and blah 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 and and i'm not saying we shouldn't care about the homeless people i'm not saying we shouldn't want to strive to care about those who are disenfranchised society but we as believers need to read between the lines we can't you know devil right scripture is clear he comes as an angel of light he comes as a good guy so we shouldn't we shouldn't act naive and feel like oh the enemy is going to show himself as the enemy, right? We shouldn't act naive and feel like, oh, people like Bill Gates, the World Economic Forum, they're only out there; they want our good <laughs> so, because they don't, so they don't. But they're gonna say, oh, equity and justice and this and that, and it's not. Um. So yeah, and I could I could go on and on, but we we need to cut it short. Yeah.
1: Um. So the the next thing is uh, the megalomaniac ambition for total control, government eyes. NewGates funded biometrics digital ID system. So this goes with the other one that we 've already talking about, the digital ID. But here's the next thing on it. And it, it's it's just crazy because this is part of that digital passport that you've been talking about for the last three years where you know some of our listeners are like, no more on digital passports, please. We don't even have one. We're not yeah. going to Europe. This has nothing to do with a traveling passport. And we, we want to reiterate this. Because I think we've said this a couple times. Don't be confused. This isn't about your passport to go to, you know, China or Israel or any place like that. When they're talking about digital passport, this means like your ability to go from like city to city mm. and to be able to go to your job. Even uh, it is an all-encompassing healthcare system, uh, money, uh, economics, there, yeah. buying food, everything.
0: Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll just, I'll just read some of this um, because of this, uh, the Defender post here, it just basically commentary of what we just read, but they kind of bring up some more stuff that the other post doesn't include. Um, So they say here that um, they also argue the platforms will help the global community fulfill the United Nations sustainable development goals, which by the way, they want us to fulfill by 2030, which include requiring everyone, including infants to have a digital identity by 2030 in order to work. Vote and access financial, social, and medical services. What does Revelation say? The free and poor, slave, right, slave and bond, everybody will be required to have this on. And for some reason, they want infants to have this as well. So they want to control people from cradle to grave. According to the Gates Foundation, digital ID systems are one of three pillars of what's known as digital public infrastructure, along with. So this digital ID system has to be along with something. What is that? Along with digital payment systems. And data exchange systems. So whenever we bring up digital ID, the reason we talk about it so much, I'm sure you guys are tired of it, is because they believe it has to be linked with digital payment systems. Like what? Central bank digital currency, right? Some type of digital currency. Um, so that's these things go together, guys. You can't separate it. So as you're seeing digital currency becoming more and more used in society, and then people like Bill Gates and WF over here waving their hands and talking about wanting to you know, give people digital ID… It's eventually going to be merged together. Uh, so the article uh, later it says the demand for total inclusion means that there will be no escape from digital surveillance afforded by the MOSIP digital identity system. Um, so they said here by defender tied to a central bank digital currency, which is the plan, the MOSIP system will also facilitate economic surveillance control while excluding dissidents and other undesirables in the economy. Given Bill Gates' involvement and funding of MOSIP, we can be sure that beneath its philanthropic gloss lies the megalomaniac ambition for total control. And Brother Stefan was talking about earlier, the SEALs, how people, you know, this titan food, we're going to see total destruction and people dying and people starving. Um, So we can see in tribulation how people will want to take the mark of the beast so they can be in the system, feed their families, you know, nurse themselves, whatever. Um, but it's crazy how, you know, it may not even be it may not even take such dire extents to get people to take the mark the B system. We've already talked about in earlier news how this one company that's trying to scan people's eyes, we already have people lining up on the streets for some money to scan their eyes. And it's like – and that already has privacy concerns. So, so we're not even in dire tribulation circumstances, and people are lining up for this kind of stuff already. So how much more people line up for this kind of stuff when it's an existential crisis on a worldwide scale? Um, so it's, it's very interesting that times we but again, this stuff shows us like, we're getting close guys. This stuff isn't 50 years out because I do know some Christians who are like, well, oh no, you know, Jesus is coming soon. That's like a hundred years out, 200 years out. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe you believe that, but the world economic forum, they want a great, they want this stuff here now, but their deadline is 2030. UN wants 2030. So that's their deadline. So they want it sooner. They want it sooner. So right. I don't so it's just weird to me how many Christians are just kind of like, "Oh no, it's you know, it's it may not be in our lifetime, it's whatever." And I don't get it. it. I don't get it personally.
1: But yeah, you know, it's when you listen to some of these quotes and they, and these are coming from like PhD individuals like uh what is this Michael, Michael Reckwald, right? Who says he told the defender that behind the Gates Foundation rhetoric, digital ID extended to the poor could mean everyone without digital ID would be unable to participate in society. Mm-hmm. That's free and slave, rich and poor, right? Yep. I, I mean, you're just you're just seeing this stuff. I mean, it's a great quote that you got there. I I just it's it's unbelievable. But the deception is so great, and it's even deceiving the elect, if possible, right? That's what Jesus said. Even the elect would be deceived, if possible. Right? Um, And I love that line, if possible, because the elect Mm. can't be deceived. That's what it's saying there, because they know the truth, right? Um, Because they hear the sheep, they are the sheep of Christ, and they hear his voice. And I I think that that's so important. Um, We've got another deception that's going on in society, um, and it's at our Congress, right? And it's not Democrat or republican deception it's both mm-hmm. they're both being deceived by what we now call UAPs, which back in my day we called UFOs yeah and uh, first off, what's the difference between a UFO? A UFO is an unidentified flying object. The UAP is an unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, I want you to understand how the rhetoric has changed quite a bit, and I'm, I'm just going to get into this a little bit and then I'll let IO take over. When we were growing up, it was aliens from outer space coming Mm -hmm. in. Uh, It was all about UFOs. Uh, In fact, we've talked a lot about some of the Christian books that have talked about that they saw aliens. uh, But when they cried out, Jesus, help me, the aliens disappeared. Mm -hmm. Right Now the rhetoric isn't about them coming from outer space. The rhetoric that's right being testified before Congress is they're in our atmosphere. They're out of our atmosphere. They're gone, like millisecond, right? They're able to move in several different directions simultaneously, right? Yeah. Uh, they're dimensional, which is interesting because we as Christians, we know what that is. It's not aliens. Yep. It's fallen angels, right? Yeah. I mean it's becoming such a big deal that Pastor Jack had to interrupt <sighs> – His series on Romans for two weeks, and uh, literally he had to discuss this fallen angel alien conspiracy that's going on before Congress, right? Yeah. So the reason why we want to bring this up is, number one, to remind everyone – and this is one of the problems I think I have with Reformed theology is you cannot explain – fallen angels under the reformed theology platform. In fact, I was having a discussion with someone that's ultra-reformed out of the Presbyterian church. He's like, there is no aliens. This is nonsense. This is all made up. I'm like, well, tell that to Congress. Tell that Mm -hmm. to the 17, 18-year-old kid who believes in aliens, who's experienced aliens, who's experienced an alien abduction, and doesn't know that they're not aliens, but they're fallen angels, right? Explain that to them. And we get this from scripture. We know that we have had encounters on the earth before Genesis yep. six one through four. And after, we know that uh, Jacob wrestled with God. Right? Uh, that he was physically touched him and wrestled with him. It was the preincarnate Christ that he wrestled with? Uh, we know that Abraham encountered angels. Uh, in fact, we know that Sodom and Gomorrah encountered them and wanted to get to know them physically and we're not talking about hey let's go have a beer they wanted to rape them right so the this is not something that we should shy away from as christians but we should confront it head on and explain what they really are Mm -hmm. they're fallen angels and we're seeing that war in heaven that's taking place probably right now as we're speaking uh it's not concluded yet, but it's taking place, and they're being pushed into our dimension and then pushing back into their dimension because the war is there between uh, Michael and his angels. Now, it isn't fulfilled yet, uh, but it may be happening right now, and we need to consider that,
0: right? Yeah, so I just want to go back quickly to what you are saying about Pastor Jack is because you guys need to know, although the UFO issue is something that we focused on. Frequently over the years, it's something that I've mainly been wanting to bring out because brother Stefan and I can understand why he's kind of been tired of it, and he's he's been very honest about that. But I think it was like just a few weeks ago when Pastor Jacob started going on, you know, talking about this. He was like, i you know, I I understand that I've been he admitted he he's told me, you know, he's honest, but he's like, I know I've been tired about this, but this is important. and He's like, you have to watch this. And I was like, okay, brother, okay, I'll watch it. You know, a few days later, I watch. I was like. And I left a voice message for him, like five minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is what I've been talking about. And this is so important, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was, and again, you know, because we kind of what you were ending off on, this is important, you know, we can't sleep on this question because I feel like a lot of us, I'm thankful for people like Pastor Jack Gibbs and actually more pastors in the Bible Prophecy community are speaking out on this, you know, um, saying that, hey, this is a thing. It, it's real. I mean, it's not, it's not a of our imagination. It's real, but what is this? And I feel like, Pastor Jacobs and other pastors, me and you, what we're trying to say and bring to the attention of Christians, we're talking about this, is that this is a real thing. And people, whether Christians or non-Christians, are going to seek answers for this issue somewhere. If the Christian isn't able to stand up and say, this is what this is, and I believe that we are the only ones who can answer this question of what these things are, and it's spiritual, it's fallen angels, it's demonic. They're going to get answers somewhere else. just a secular world, right? They're going to get answers like, oh, these are aliens. And, oh, and the aliens seeded us, you know, thousands of years, millions of years ago. And they're our gods. And we can learn from them. We can baptize the aliens. And you know what? We can rewrite scripture. And, you know, Jesus was an alien. And this sounds crazy, but this is the stuff we're in right now. That Jesus, Buddha, mom, and all those religious figures, you know what? They were actually aliens that came to give us higher truth. And the aliens coming now, they can give us the true truth. About scripture, we don't need that old stuff anymore, and it's just crazy. And that's what's being, that's what's going on right now. Um, so we need to speak about it. It's not that we need to be obsessed about it. It's not that we need to be scared about, you know, oh, there's Martians or whatever. We just need to know what's going on, so that when you know, like, kind of like Brother Stefan says, is opening his message when Aunt Susie comes to your house, or whatever, and you know, has dinner with you, or if you if you're you know at the the workplace having you know. Um, a glass of water with a coworker or whatever, and they bring up like, hey, did you watch that Congress thing about that guy testifying that the US government has allegedly spacecrafts and biologics or whatever? Like, you know, maybe they're alluding to bodies of quote unquote aliens. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? Is that an opening that you can use to say, hey, you know what? This is actually what's going on. These are fallen angels, demonic. This is why it's important. Here's the gospel. Um, so that's what we're talking about, this guy. So I just want to get into this quick. This is from Harbinger's Hold Daily. On, I want, I want,
1: yeah. I want to say one more thing. Real sure, sure. About Go this. ahead. Um, it's interesting to me that Stephen Bancars and Carl Teichrib, uh, Dr. Carl Teichrib, mm-hmm. who, who wrote the book, uh, The Game of Gods, and, yep. and Stephen Bancars, who wrote a lot of stuff about the New Age. Both of them comment that it's interesting that aliens that that humans have encountered right, are always telling them, hey. Don't read your Bible. Don't listen to Christianity. Don't follow Jesus. You need to look towards communism. Communism is Mm -hmm. the answer. Both of these guys who are heavy in this subject have mentioned this. I think it's irony. Why? Because communism has the answer? No. Jesus does. And so fallen angels are going to deceive you and say, yeah, don't listen to Jesus, don't read your Bible, and communism is the answer, because that's man's solution, right? Of course they're going to tell you that. Of course they are, because they want to lead you away from God, because they hate God, Mm -hmm. just as much as China, communist, President Xi hates God, or, you know, the the Baal worshippers hate God. Please, don't be deceived on this subject yeah. It, yeah it is so important now please go on I, you were going to yeah say something. yeah
0: and that just reminded me of a, uh, something important is that a few weeks ago um a podcast the cult cultish podcast some of you guys might know it and they focus on you know like mormonism and just different other cults they had a 10 episode series on ufos and uaps and i just recommend that if you don't know anything about this and you want to learn more about it that's a podcast to listen to and it's so gospel-centered so christ-centered they give the history of UFOs, how the government may or may not be um, a part of it, and ultimately what these things are from a scriptural perspective. So I'll, I'll you know, encourage you
1: guys to take a look at that. But quickly, that, is, just... that, that is an excellent yeah. podcast to listen to. And by the way, this brings up another thing. Look, Lady Fatima, fallen angel. Okay, the the angel Moroni. Mm, yeah, I believe it happened. Fallen angel. Fallen angel. Okay. Yep. Uh, the Lady Guadalupe. Right. It's not Mary. Yeah. I'm demonic. telling you, it's not it's, Mary. It's all, all an angel. Stuff. Yeah. Why? Because their words, if you really listen to what they're saying, they're drawing you away from Christ. Remember what Fatima says? She says, come to my secret mm-hmm. heart. I, I thought in Catholic world, uh, July was like the secret heart of Christ. But she's telling you, no, no, come to my secret heart. Right. Yeah. That's not what God wants. God wants you to seek him. Mm-hmm. Seek him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so guys, we're not saying we believe in angel, or fallen angels, or sorry, we're not saying we believe in aliens that come from right. another part of the galaxy. We're saying that these things are likely happening, but they're likely demonic. They're likely fallen angels, satanic um, fallen yeah. angels. Yeah. So this article here, we'll try to end off on this. The Harbingers Daily. Uh, the headline is intended to deceive and distract. What stance Christians be taking on UFOs? So this is from August 14th. I'll read through this quick. You've probably been following the news, all the excited talk about unidentified flying objects, also called unidentified anomalous phenomena. Recently, former military intelligence officer turned whistleblower David Grush appeared before the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee, claiming the executive branch agencies have been withholding real spacecraft and alien remains for decades. So those are bombshell claims. Now, do I necessarily believe in those claims you know, that we can get on about, you know, that could be a whole other podcast episode. Uh, The point of what we're saying here isn't that we believe that they have remains or whatever. The point is that they're talking about this stuff. Whether it's real or not, they're making these bombastic, crazy claims that 10 years ago would be conspiracy theories. Why is the US government saying this stuff? Why is the mainstream media talking about these things? Whether they're real or not, it doesn't matter. But we're still seeing things in the sky. They're still talking about these things. We have to ask ourselves again, no matter what, whether it's real or not, we still have to ask ourselves, what are these things? What are, what are they here for? What are they doing? Etc. The article continues, so when it comes to UFOs, are we talking about little green men safe from planet Mars? No, it doesn't seem so. But we are most likely experiencing as demonic in nature. All this UFO talk very likely could be preparing the world for Antichrist to come and as a deception for Church's dis- disappearance in the rapture. Even with all this drama they were witnessing, remember that Jesus said in John fourteen one. Let not your heart be troubled. Satan is going to try to deceive and distract lead people astray from their Savior. Our enemy misleads so that people do not focus on Jesus Christ. So Christians, don't be distracted. Keep your focus on Jesus Christ. Remember what the destiny of the demons is, as Jesus told us in Matthew 25, 41. Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. All the wickedness and evil in this world will eventually be dealt with by Jesus Christ when he returns. Evil will be sent to hell, and for those who are in Christ, who have accepted Jesus as Savior, Will rule and reign with them forever. These unidentified flying objects will eventually be, eventually be identified, and this crazy, crazy age in human history will come to an end. But right now, let us keep our focus on the Bible and Jesus Christ, so that we will not be deceived. So don't be deceived, guys. This, these are not angels, and it's just important. I've and I'll add this article into um, our show notes. But articles I've written, you know, from Scripture, I've, I've put into it um, Scripture that we can go to. To make the case scripturally, why we believe that there isn't highly intelligent, quote-unquote, evolved beings on other planets. Now, do we believe there's other created beings? Yeah, but they're they're angels, uh, they're demonic, they're fallen angels. So those exist, but they're from a different dimension. Um, So that's what we believe, and that's what we're trying to uh, explain to you.
1: Yeah, you know, and by the way, that verse you brought up, Matthew 25, 41, I think it's such an important verse. Because it clarifies something. Look, there's a difference between fallen angels and demons. And this is interesting because Jesus says, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus is giving a distinct separation in understanding of demons and fallen angels. Demons are the roaming spirits of the Nephilim and Rahafim who died. They can't go to heaven. They can't go to hell because they're not made in the image of God, right? angels be created but they rebelled satan in in the third of heaven we know that that's going to fall eventually in revelation chapter 12 there's a difference these are the the demons are the offspring of the, the fallen angels that bred with the women of man in genesis 6 1 through 4 so know the difference because when we pray we say lord rebuke satan may the lord rebuke satan right but when we when we're dealing with demons, we have all authority over demons. We can command them to leave and that they're cursed, and we can, you know, trample upon them and cast them out. That authority has been given to us by Jesus Christ. But if you look at Jude and Daniel and Zechariah, it is, may the Lord rebuke you. Gabriel, an angel, said, may the Lord rebuke you. So we're to give the fallen angels, we're good to go to God and say, God, you rebuke him, you take care of him and i think that's something that's important to understand there's a distinction there biblically it's, it's interesting
0: they bring that up yeah that that could be a whole another conversation in terms of the yeah. origin of demons yeah because yeah. it's not technically from it's from the book of first enoch but there's there's a lot of people that believe that that truly may be the case that demonic beings come from the disembodied spirits of the nephilim but that's that's a whole other thing, and you know, getting to First Enoch and all that. Well, stuff.
1: we're gonna we probably should do a study on it that because uh, <laughs> that's you know what's funny is I never got that from the Book of Enoch. I clearly got that from Scripture, and think, it wasn't until I yeah. read the Book of Enoch mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that is, the you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I yeah. would say, too, from Scripture, one can make the case that fallen angels and demons, like it's pretty clear that they're different entities. They're not the same. People lump them into it. Right. Um, but, but yeah, that's a different thing. But yeah, but with our time here, brother, um, any closing words, any just with everything we've talked about? You
1: no, know, I like keep keep us in your prayers. We're always under attack. You know, what's funny is we're, we're trying to knock out the Ephesians podcast and my computer falls and breaks yeah. and crashes and everything that I have on it is there. Like it, I was ready to do the live, uh the to do the 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 podcast on that, and everything went kaput. My microphone got broken. IO helped me get something together, duct tape it together so we could do this tonight. But it's not the same thing. It's not where mm-hmm. all my notes are and everything in the way I have it set up. But uh, keep us um in your prayers. We're we're always praying for you. We're praying that God works in us and um and through us. To bring you the message of the gospel of peace. And as we started out this podcast, we want to remind you, set your mind on things above. Uh, Seek those things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. That's a promise of the rapture and people always say there's no promise of the rapture verse yeah that verse is right there mm-hmm. even if you're post trip that's a promise of the rapture verse and uh you can't deny it
0: yeah no, i completely agree and i believe that's a great way to end off guys just so the encouragement for the believer that all these things point to the surrender of the lord that we're get that we're promised just like you saw in scripture and many other places in scripture that the lord will take us so we won't experience that wrath and for the non-believer that's promised you can have too if you place your trust in Christ's finished work on the cross. Uh, so we just pray that you guys have a great rest of your day, whether it's morning night that you're listening to this, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. God bless.